Hey guys, welcome back to Not Just Bikini Girl podcast. Today we have Zoe, who is one of our compact athletes, a really good friend of mine, and she is currently like living her best life on Peak Week at a Kante. So what a better time to actually chat with her. We've spoken about loads of different like topics beforehand. And I think for anyone that's currently in prep or has gone through like the post-show phase, I think this is going to be a really valuable one for you guys to all listen to. So welcome, babes, to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me on. It's a pleasure. I've listened to every single episode, so I'm finally featured on one. Oh my God, stop it. <laughs> Even the like OG ones, Jesus. Uh, yeah I remember all throughout lockdown when I was training in my garage I used to put my headphones on and I would start from the very beginning no I love that have you been on the podcast before no this is my first ever podcast I'm breaking your podcast virginity love it thank you thank you (laughs) so what actually got you into competing let's start there Okay, so growing up, I've always been really sporty. I played every sport at school. Um, And then when I sort of finished university and started my career, I found it hard to be part of a sporting team. So I just went to the gym, just to say you went to the gym. (laughs) Um, Didn't really know what I was doing. And then back two years ago, I went through a bit of a relationship breakdown. And I needed a new challenge. And I followed... The likes of IFBB pros now, uh, Kerry Sexton and Phoebe Hagen online for a good few years. And I was like, oh, bodybuilding looks quite fun. Like, I think it might be something I could do. I knew it was going to be easy. And yeah, during lockdown, myself and my current partner, Josh, we decided that we were going to become bodybuilders. And yeah, we prepped all throughout lockdown. And yeah, never look back now. Do you think if it wasn't for lockdown, you would have done it? Hmm. I'm not quite sure. Possibly not. Possibly not. I I feel like maybe the relationship breakdown was more more the reason because I don't think I would have started bodybuilding had I been still with the same person. So I think it's a combination of lockdown and finding finding your person who shares the same sort of interests as you. I, I do think both like when it, I always find it interesting when you talk about people's like what made them get into it because it always me I always tend to find there's a trend of there seems to be like a big thing or a certain chapter that happens in their life that kind of just flicks a switch like just randomly just flicks a switch of you going oh I'm thinking about it or I don't know to yeah fuck it I'm just gonna go head first and And like it was a full-on fuck it moment. I just remember Josh coming home from work one day and I was like, oh yeah, by the way, I've signed up with a coach and I'm starting prep next week. So do you want to do the same? <laughs> Is there anything, so you've said that you like you looked on like Instagram and you saw like the bodybuilding world from an external point of view. Once you got into it, is there anything that kind of surprised you or anything that you thought, yeah, that's what I thought it was going to be was pretty much like spot on? Um, I probably didn't realize how much of a selfish sport it is and I knew obviously you have to be really dedicated but I didn't realize how much you'd probably have to like give up and maybe say no to which can definitely be challenging at times Um, but when you've got a goal in mind you know it's it's pretty it's pretty easy but I think that's probably what most people will struggle with initially when they start a prep they think it's just I'm going on a diet it's really not that. It's a whole lifestyle change. Um, 
and yeah my my life two years ago is completely different to to what it is now and how have you found like family members friends work like do you feel like they adjusted well to it have you lost friends have you obviously gained friends and competing but what was like generally the reaction that was like around you and are you still getting it now going into your second season it generally family friends work colleagues they're all very very supportive I you know you always get the comment of when are you gonna be able to eat normal when are we gonna be able to go out and drink um you know when are you gonna be able to attend a family event without bringing Tupperware so you get them little comments um but then at the same time like my family and friends know that this is something that I'm really passionate about and something I really enjoy and it makes me happy so yeah they're 100% behind me but yeah no I've not really had any sort of negativity from it I guess not that I can think of that is good though because I was I was I was um, intrigued with your work being a paramedic and the shift work like what that was you know what there was I guess how do you set it up like and I guess just how the hell do you do it (laughs) honestly sometimes I think I, I have no idea how I think that was probably one of my biggest worries when starting bodybuilding is how am I going to be able to do it as a paramedic? However, I made sure that I was following people that sort of worked similar jobs or shift work. And it's just all about trial and error, really. And I've really nailed it this year. So my shifts are 12 hours. I tend to start at seven in the morning and finish at seven at night. So for instance, a normal day for me during prep was I'd get up at four I'd be at the gym for 4.30 in the morning. I would do my hours cardio. I would pose, shower, get changed. I'd be in my car for 6 a.m., at work for 7. I'd have to, my my new job as a paramedic, I'm office-based, so I sit down a lot. So I'd have to get up every, every few hours and go for a walk to try and get my steps in. I would then get home for about 8 o'clock in the evening. I would go straight to the gym. I would train for about an hour, hour and a half make up any lost steps, go home for about 10, prep on my food, and then do it all again the next day. So there were really, really long days, like up at four in the morning, not home till about 10 o'clock at night. But it's almost like the first few, the first week, it's like, oh my God, this is this is a killer. Like, how am I possibly going to do it? But you almost get into this like tunnel vision, like almost like a robot state. It just, it just happens. And you're dressed as well, like anything in life, like, once it's become it once it's like it's not the it becomes the norm and that it's gone from being new to just normal like your mind adapts your body adapts like the same way with everything I find yeah like, like it's, a, it's a lifestyle now so I can't imagine like sort of not getting up I can't imagine just rolling out of bed putting on my uniform and going straight to work like I've always had some form of cardio or I'll walk the dog uh, before work so yeah, I, I can't imagine my lifestyle being any different. I think that even if I decided today that I wanted to quit bodybuilding, I would still have to have some form of routine and structure like that. So with this 12 hour, I'm guessing with that sort of shift work, correct me if I'm wrong, if it's like you do 12 hour days and then you have, was it like maybe three days on, four days off or four days? Like how is it? Yeah, so you tend to do two day shifts, two night shifts, and then you have like three and a half days off. Um yeah and it takes a while to sort of adjust to it all the three and a half days I would just sort of smash out like my sort of uh bigger training sessions so like my my big leg sessions because I find I have a little bit more energy I wasn't sort of clock watching to get home at night um 
but yeah like I said I've been doing this for what about 18 months two years and it has taken a while to sort of find the right the right routine the right structure that works for me so let's talk into your first prep what yeah transparent what was the goal your first show what was your goal so my I approached Rob my coach and I said I want to step on stage and I'd like to do a PCA first timers and I had it on my bucket list to do a show and then that was it I was going to go and do one show PCA first timers see how I did enjoy the process the experience and then that was it bodybuilding was going to be done I obviously unfortunately we were during um the pandemic and I did my whole first prep in my garage and I actually was ready a little bit sooner so my coach approached me and said well how about you do a two bro show uh, just do a regional um like do the first one after lockdown which is what what I did and um I got two second places at that show and then decided that we were going to do the pro qualifier two weeks later and I, I won my height class then and got into the overalls and just missed out on the pro card. And I sort of had a bug then. Um, I was like, okay, this is this is quite fun. I like this. So went into a little sort of mini improvement phase of literally about six to eight weeks and then started another prep. And the decision was, was that I was going to go and compete internationally. So yeah, we prepped all throughout the summer and I went and competed in Norway at the pro qualifier and I competed in Milan at the amateur Olympia and then I competed at the Arnold so I did three back-to-back shows um at the end of last year and yeah my parents are like I thought you were just going to do one show and then that was it and now I'm six shows in 10 places and yeah still going still going so out of curiosity what has been your feedback across those shows um so initially my feedback was that I held a good level of muscle my my first ever show I held a good level of muscle but it was a little bit of a hard look for a regional show would have been more appropriate for a pro qualifier so that's why I came back two weeks later and I actually won and then since then I had some feedback on my posing in Norway So I was kept centre stage for the whole time and then I was just moved out the very last and the judge was really, really good. And he, you know, he pulled me aside at the end and he said, you you would have had it. But when you were hitting your front pose, your your front shoulder kept dropping. And that's why I kept turning you, turning you, hoping that you'd sort of correct yourself. But I had to mark you down for that. So, yeah, posing was definitely a bit of a tricky one. Um, But no, other than that, I didn't I really hear any other feedback. No. Isn't it it's so interesting how it can just be like the tiniest thing sometimes and you're just like, ah! like for God's sake, yeah. if only you just had a mic in my ear and you would have told me that, then I would have just like saw it. Yeah, I know. So close though. Do you feel pressure going into this season? I did. Yeah, I did feel I did feel a bit of pressure, only because I was fortunate to have such a successful first season. You know, thoroughly enjoyed it, was so, so fortunate to receive, obviously, a number of sponsorships, you know, and everyone has it on me to, you know, go and get that pro card. This year, this season's your season. And I'm like, well, what about if I don't get it? <laughs> um, but I've had to, you know, I've had to give my head a little bit of a wobble every now and again and just go, just go, just go and do your best. You know, like, like your parents say to you, just do your best, enjoy the process. Um, and I really have the past few weeks. 
And I just say, well, you know, when I'm when I'm due that pro card, it, it will come. If it's not meant to happen, it's not meant to happen. But, you know, that's the goal. And I'll continue working towards it. I think it's the best way to be. I think it is tough. And this is one reason why I personally like don't share that much of my preps anymore. Because I, I found it really, even though people, they're, they're saying it and it's it comes from a good place. The reaction you would get in my brain would just be like, ah! like when going, oh, it's your season, go get it. Like it's, it's yours. And it's just like, you're not missed it, Meg. So shut the fuck up. Like I just can't, for me, any, these days, I just find that it's, it's too much pressure for me even though it's not intended for that's just the way that my brain goes I don't know if that's anything like you find that sometimes where it's like people I was quite conscious this year I haven't posted well I, I didn't post many physique pictures I think I posted one at the start of prep and possibly one at 10 weeks out and then I didn't post any actual physique pictures for ages and then as I started to feel like the sort of groove of things, I, I posted one um, a few weeks out. But yeah, no, I, I'm one of these. I'll, I'll post when I want to post. I'm trying not to, try and ignore the pressure. I, I appreciate everyone wants to support me and say, you know, the pro card's going to be yours. But at the end of the day, if I turn up and there's somebody that's, you know, deserves it more than me and they look fantastic, they're going to get it and my time will come. Yeah. I just, as long as I'm enjoying the experience, enjoying the process... That's the main thing. Yeah, so true, ma'am. I want to talk about what everyone basically, I think this is what everyone should do. It's, we're going to set a trend, okay? okay. Going away on holiday during prep. It's, it's a vibe. Yeah. You, you've been speaking about it. Phoebe Gidwin went away. Like, I just think we need to set a trend. So talk to me about going away, where you went, top tips, and do you feel like it helped or, like, hindered, like, because I personally am all for this. Like any excuse for holiday, right? But you went away to Dubai, wasn't it? Yeah, so I actually did, I've done two holidays during this prep. Um, I went away skiing in March. So at that point, I think I was about nine weeks out. And then I went away to Dubai uh, when I was three weeks out. And I feel like because obviously the past two years, we've been so restricted with travel and where and, you know, what we can do, where we can go is that we were, we actually already had the ski trip planned prior to even starting bodybuilding. It's just obviously been pushed back. And I was like, Look, we're still going to do it either way. We've not been away in a while. Skiing on prep, if you're going to do it, do it a decent amount of weeks out. Like it was okay where I was at. My food was still at a good place. I still had fasted cardio, um, but it's very intense on the body. That was probably the hardest out of the two holidays. Um, and then I've recently come back from Dubai. I went out there for a week, um, took Josh out there for his birthday. And I didn't want to come home. Like it, Dubai is the best place for prepping. Don't get me wrong. I missed out on like Cheesecake Factory and, you know, having an ice cream on the beach and stuff like that. But I'll get that. I'll get that in a few days time. But Dubai was amazing. Um, you're surrounded by so many other people within the bodybuilding industry. The gyms are incredible. And yeah, there was just so much to do. So we just made sure that we we planned our time with sort of prep-friendly activities. We did a sky, we went to the Aurora Sky Pool, we'd go down to the beach every night, smoke shisha and drink Diet Coke. And it was just a nice way to sort of unwind and just sort of get that fire lit in your belly ready for like the final, the final push, the final few weeks. So I would 100% recommend to people, don't put off going away. Just be prepared, be prepared. Yeah. I think that's so true though, because I think when you are on prep, like it's kind of the fear of, or well, some people might have the fear of like 
being out of routine, which I guess is a very typical bodybuilder trait, but there's so many pros to it. And the way I see it is like, you don't want to do your prep in the way that you feel like you're literally on Groundhog Day and you can't do anything. Because at the end of the day, life still fucking happens. Like you still Mm -hmm. do stuff. And I think it's just, instead of separating like, quote unquote, like a fun thing, like a holiday or whatever like that, like separating it from prep, it kind of creates like these two different distinctions. Whereas like, as you say, like, is it, if it, if it's a lifestyle and you can incorporate it, like you just, it actually benefits you from like a stress point of view. And if also like a mental yeah. point of view, like for me, I always feel better when I'm like out and about sometimes, um, even going to a different city, sometimes it makes me feel so much better. And even Phoebe said the same thing to me like a couple of days ago about like, oh, going away and she used to be like really scared for it. And people would kind of judge you. Whereas actually it seems to be that there's a lot of benefits if you just go about it the right way. Yeah, 100%. Just as long as you're disciplined, like just just take your routine, just take it abroad. Like we all get sad syndrome when the weather's rubbish here in the UK and, you know, you're getting up, you're doing your cardio and when it's pitch black in the morning, you're getting home and it's pitch black. Go abroad, like just do your research before you go. Find out where the gyms are, find out where the supermarket, what type of foods they have. Because obviously you don't want to be changing foods all the time, but, you know, I've absolutely nailed this whole traveling whilst on prep. Like I have my little Ziploc bags. I put all my supplements in them. I label it. Yeah, I, I love traveling now. And I think doing the international shows last year, doing the two international shows, um, for those, I only sort of went out a few days before the show and then would fly back the day after. So I didn't get to experience like a holiday there. But it helped prepare me with regards to packing, what to take. Yeah, loved it. Definitely recommend it. Don't don't be don't be afraid of traveling. Yeah, stop. Don't stop living your life. Basically, like you can do all this fun stuff, and it's cool and it's fun. Competing abroad, then you're literally sat in Alicante as we speak. So yeah, talk to us if you could give like three top tips for people competing abroad, and they can only follow these three things that you that you say. What would you say to them? Um. Okay. So I would definitely advise. If you are planning on competing abroad, try and get out to the country a few days before. Um, most obviously European shows, you're only going to be like a short flight, but just to not put yourself at risk of any sort of water retention, allow yourself to settle in, do your food shop, um, and just sort of relax them that last few days running into your show. With regards, another tip, I would say, make sure you book an Airbnb. Don't book a hotel. Get an Airbnb or an apartment. Make sure you've got cooking facilities. Uh, It's almost like home from home then. And also just make lists. I am a lover of lists, making lists of lists. (laughs) Um, Yeah, try, try and keep your food simple. So like these last few days, I will just keep it very simple. My carb sauce, I'll keep as cream of rice. My protein, I'll stick to chicken. And then I'll obviously have like veggies. Yeah, keep it simple. And just make sure that everything's packed correctly. Don't put powders loose in hand luggage. Make sure if you put them in Ziplocs, just pop a little sticky label on them with what they're in. Don't be at risk of obviously losing foods in security because they want to take them off you. Um, I know that they can be a little bit hit and miss. Yeah, just be prepared. Love that. Love that. So you're currently on the obviously on Peak Creek. How, be honest, yeah. are, are we feeling the Peak Creek feels or are we are we okay? What's this? What's this? No, no I'm, fe- I'm feeling really good this week. I think um, 
yeah last week obviously I competed um my regional and I was I was feeling it a little bit the last few days running into that show sort of the energy levels were quite low had a off-plan meal that evening and I think that's sort of just given me I love doing back-to-back shows absolutely love it um and I think it's just given me a little bit more energy this week obviously I'm in a great place I've got a lovely climate here so yeah no I'm feeling good I'm feeling chilled had a lovely massage today yeah it's great it's chilled no work no stress because out of county this weekend it's the free pro cards right yes 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 (laughs) so exciting so talk to me about stage looks how did you go about obviously you're sponsored by black eyes myself get bronze daniel spencer have i missed anyone um my gym sucks as well my gym sucks but related to like stage look Talk to us. How was the decision-making process? What, like, what basically steered your decisions with everything this year? Stage look. Um, so, so stage look wise, I absolutely loved my bikinis and my looks from last year. So obviously, I had the pink and blue, which I alternated um, for shows, and I would have happily worn them again. But obviously, I was very, very fortunate to get my black eye sponsorship. I have got two new bikinis this year. So I wore my first one last week, and I have got a new look this week. And I just went with colours that I really, I really liked and I thought would look good on my skin tone as well. And then with regards to jewellery, I I mean, I have so much compact jewellery. I absolutely love it. I don't just wear it on show. I actually wear it on nights out, like if we go out for like a nice meal and that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have, I have matched my earrings to my connectors. So that's a little hint that maybe I have different types of connectors. Um And then I wore, I normally wore last year strapless shoes and I actually wore strapped shoes at the weekend and I'm definitely going back to strapless. Um, So I am going back to my strapless shoes this weekend. And then my, my whole look, when I'm abroad, I I do my own makeup just because unfortunately Danielle Spencer's not here. Um, But when I'm at, when I'm in the UK, I let Danielle go free reign. I show her my bikini and I just say, you do, you do what you want. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Yeah. And I tend to keep my hair, I tend to keep my hair and makeup quite similar. Hair sleeked off my face. um, And then I just put a little curl at the bottom just because it is quite long, just so it doesn't hide the top of my glutes. And yeah, and then when I'm abroad, I also do my own tan because I'm fortunate in having my Get Bronze sponsorship. I have my own little travel kit. So yeah, I will be applying my own tan. And I have done that for the past. I did my own tan for Norway, Milan and Arnold's. So yeah, I feel like I'm quite experienced now. I do my own tan. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing now. Isn't it it's so fucking easy though? Like people say how hard it is. Like even doing your own base coat, like it's so easy. People don't, they, they think it's so much different than a normal tan. Well, sorry, a normal like self-tan, but it actually isn't. Yeah, no, it's fine. And the one thing I would say is if you are going to do your own tan, make sure you've got someone with you um, that is able to check your back and your your glutes you know your back bits um because you don't want you don't want any um any sort of markings left um so yeah in uh, in the UK if I do my own tan Josh normally gives me a hand um but fortunately here I have got the three other ladies with me this weekend so they're just going to help me help me out a little bit if I need it sound love it I want to go into something that we spoke about on WhatsApp 
but it's a, I know it's a kind of a, a big topic that you wanted to kind of like be honest and speak about. And obviously, I've had my own experiences as well. So, talking about we've spoken yeah. about lots of again. We spoke about post show. We spoke about weight, like different weights. We spoke about yeah. like for like, so I can talk about myself, right? I had one post show which wasn't particularly like the best. Let's put it that way. Um, and me being completely real, I going to last 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 uh, competing season, I was shitting myself about post show. I was like, oh my god, it's coming, it's coming. Fuck, what am I going to be like? Like, is it going to be the same? Like, I was so nervous about it because of what happened last time. Um, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wanted to like, I guess, just start there and then maybe see like what you're happy to kind of like share and like, to know, kind of, ref- I guess, like reflecting on it as well, considering that you are in peak week as well. And I guess like post show is kind of like around the corner. Like, how are you feeling? Um, So I'd spoken to you early on in the week and I was feeling a little bit anxious when you sort of know that maybe you're coming towards the end of your competing season and you're going to go into like a reverse diet. I think I naturally am at the moment. I get a little bit anxious only because I know that I maybe didn't manage it as well as I could have done last season. So obviously last year I competed five times, finishing with three back-to-back shows. And my final show was at the Arnold's and we were staying for the weekend of the Arnold's and I basically just binged. That weekend I was like a kid in a candy shop. I then Product D Donuts, Jesus. Yeah, I, I had every single one of those. So yeah, so we had the Arnold's weekend and then came back home and did my first check-in and I hold a lot of water weight and obviously it didn't help that I'd not eaten well that weekend. So instantly I sort of was panicked at the sort of scale weight. You know, you're so used to weighing yourself every day, uh, running into your shows and it was considered really high. Now, you know, I was, I spoke through this with uh, with my coach, Rob, and, you know, we went back to, he was brilliant. I had my reverse diet, like the moment I came off stage. So there was obviously no, no excuse. It was just, that I was away for the weekend. Um, so yeah, reverse diet went onto that. And, um, and then we decided that we were going to prep for Denmark, which was going to be five weeks later. And I started my prep within 24, 48 hours. I was down like six and a half kilo. So that's just a bit of an insight of how much my weight was up with regards to water weight. So yeah, I continued doing that prep for about two weeks. And then I just knew in my in my mind, like my head wasn't really in it. My body was responding and I could have gone and done it, but, but I wouldn't have been doing it for the right reasons. So I went back to the reverse diet and um, I, I struggled. I struggled with sort of temptation. Um, obviously, I'd started a new job where I was office based, so a lot more sedentary. And, you know, it was going into sort of the Christmas period where there's cakes and stuff like that. And I tried and tried to stick to my reverse diet best as possible. And I did. I had really, really good days, really good week. And then I would have moments of sort of overindulging. And then, yeah, when I started my prep in January, I was 20 kilos above my previous stage weight. (laughs) Um, Now, a lot of people would say that I didn't look 20 kilos above my previous stage weight, but because I wasn't as consistent with my off-season diet I had a lot of my weight in my midsection and my lower body and don't get me wrong training was amazing during my off-season I absolutely love training I had the energy back 
Um, you know, I was able to go to social occasions, but it's definitely taught me to to sort of manage that post-show phase, you know, plan, be prepared, remove the scales. And that's one thing that um, myself and my coach did during my off season is I, you know, I, I verbalized how I felt like the scales were making me feel. And, you know, he was really good. And he just said, just take the scales away. We're not, we're not going to weigh, weigh, weigh yourself. And I didn't, I didn't weigh myself for three months until obviously like the day we said that we were going to start prep. And that definitely really, really helped. I obviously was very shocked when I saw that number on the scale at the start of prep. But if I'd have seen that sort of gradually going up day by day, week by week during off season, I think that would have messed with my head a lot. Mm. So I'd say to people like, don't be worried to remove that, remove the scales. It's just a number. Think about how do you feel? Are you fitting into your clothes better? How's your training? How's your energy? And, you know, had blood works done. All of that was really good. So, so yeah, this time don't overindulge straight away after show. Don't hoard food which is one thing that I definitely was guilty of towards the end of last year. Um, at the end of my prep, hoarding food, uh, which I've definitely not done. And I would always be guilty of post-show, I would take like so many treats. So say if, you know, if I was, so for instance, that Arnold's, we were only in Birmingham, that's 20 minutes from where I live. And no joke, I took so much food mm. to eat post-show. I made myself so unwell. So like, for instance, now I will just see what I fancy when I come off stage and I will go and get that rather than having the food there and being like well I need to eat it it's there cannot let food go to waste um but yeah we'll see how it goes that was my first sort of reverse diet and uh this year it might not be perfect but I have every intention to make it better than last year well even when you were talking on whatsapp like after your seat your show last weekend just the fact of like the progression that you're able to make with that. And I think it is, it is taking every single like chunk like that with post-show and like reverse diet. It's like, right, what, what can I do? Which is like different to the action or the behavior that I did last time. And the fact that you were able to just go, yeah, do you know what? I'm, I've enjoyed this, I've enjoyed that. And I'm going to stop there. Like that's massive. That's such a massive, massive like shift. And it's kind of like all, you know, everything is like a dendrite and it's just reforming new dendrites and new patterns in your head. And that's something that I had to kind of do last year. It's been like, okay, so I approached this situation like this last time. Like, how am I going to do something which is different, which should hopefully then lead to a different like result? But I do agree with like the whole scale weight stuff. Like, it's how, because Joe's always like, yeah, but you know, you need the scale weight. I'm like, yeah, but it's sometimes you just have to take a step back. And yeah. that step back for like three months means that you can propel yourself way more forward. And actually, instead of focusing on the way, you're focusing on different parts, which is your health and your training and how you're feeling. And like being, instead of being connected to the scales so much in off season, especially when you're in that headspace and it's been a bit difficult, reconnecting with yourself, I think it's like, it's such 100%. a vital part. Yeah, and it was so nice every day to to get up. And the first thing I didn't do was, put the scales down and stand on it because you know then the final few weeks running into your shows you well my coach we check in every day so when I was doing them back-to-back shows I was checking in for a month so I was weighing myself every single morning for at least a month and you know you only feel satisfied when you see that number go down because mm-hmm. that's the goal running into your show see that weight coming down getting tighter getting leaner mm-hmm. um so when it goes the other way it completely throw, throws you off so and like with my online clients 
if they haven't seen scale weight go down for like two weeks, I, I hear them, you know, they get themselves beat up and I say, look, don't weigh yourself. I don't want you to weigh yourself. How do you feel? How do you look? Oh, well, actually, my jeans are a little bit looser now. And oh, I've managed to get a few PB. That's what we're working towards. That's 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 great. Remove the scale weight. I think all those things, you know, when, um, for example, I don't know, your friend's pregnant and suddenly you see pregnant people everywhere. It's the same yeah. thing with the scales. Like as soon as you take that, it's a kind of reverse weight. Like as soon as you take the scales away, then it gives a bit of space and emptiness to kind of fill it in with like oh let's actually look at something else now yeah just this one thing that is like programs into every single morning to do but uh, I, I honestly I do agree with a lot of that um and I can relate to a lot of that and I think a lot of people will relate to it as well like did you because you didn't post much with your reverse off season I didn't post one physique picture it was all booty pictures because that was the only thing going for me is <laughs> that all the food went to my glutes so yeah you won't see a check-in in my off season hard though like I'm I'm kind of the same because like I don't think yeah I can't remember the last time I actually like posted an off season you you see it sometimes don't you know, like people will maybe like post like a two-week post show and then it suddenly just goes like you just don't yeah. see anything and yeah. I think it's one of those like just, just to not feel the pressure and it's like at the same time you do kind of you want to do don't you because you know that by posting, it's going to make you feel better in the long run. But it's that that initial like, oh, no, no, can't do it. Fuck that. I know. I know. It's a no from me. <laughs> so yeah. what are your, do what, look, thinking about what's happened then with like your last reverse or last post show, last off season, like going into the next phase for you whenever you end your season, like do you think there's certain things that you will like actively do differently already what sort of things have you kind of picked up like that you could give to someone else for advice going be seeing what you've gone through and so one thing I would advise is post-show don't make loads of social plans don't see your don't see your last show day as like that's it prep everything stops routine stops you need to stay in that routine um which is something that I let slip initially and then you know, I was very open and honest talking with my coach and it was all right, let's go back to that routine, you know, get up, do a bit of fasted cardio, you know, make sure we're ticking the steps, get your meals in the same way you would in prep. But yeah, don't make loads of social events. Um, you don't want to be going out two, three times a week, like for the following few weeks, because that's just going to send you sort of crazy. So yeah, have things to look forward to, spread them out nicely. And food's always going to be there. These social occasions are always going to be there. Um, so don't don't just rush and feel like you have to do everything all at once. What about, I don't know about you, I wish I would have like pre-planned like my off-season wardrobe better because all I had was like prep clothes that were like tiny. And then when I actually was like trying on, oh, yeah. trying to find something to wear that made me feel good, yeah. all I was like wet, trying to put on was like these like obviously tiny jasmine clothes, which then made me feel shit. And I was like, Okay, next time I'm actually going to be buying like, I don't know, have a few things in my wardrobe that I go, right, that's what I'm going to go to, like that thing. Because then it fits you where it it fits you where you're at, which is a bit more, you know, heavier. And then it, it makes you feel better. Whereas for me, I was still trying to fit into like my prep clothes. And I was like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, this is not make, this isn't helping me. <laughs> yeah. I think it's so important mentally just to have like a separate wardrobe, like, a bit like you would have like summer and winter clothes like have prep and off-season clothes because my wardrobe varies from like a size I've got like a size six denim shorts to like a size 12 to 14 like a pair of jeans yeah 
so yeah don't don't make yourself feel rubbish by trying to fit into your you know your size six to eight shorts when you're clearly 10 kilos above stage weight like it's not gonna it's not gonna happen um so yeah treat yourself it's a good excuse to spend money and go and get yourself a new wardrobe prep spending doesn't end up prep (laughs) it's just never ending but I feel you though (laughs) I think when we're tall as well I don't know about you like especially when I'm tall like for me right now I I wouldn't I don't know I'm kind of like in between prep and off-season kind of weight but like I'm fit I'm like hovering around like well sometimes I'm a 10 sometimes I'm a 12 sometimes I'm a 14 like I've just tried to holiday shopping and like I keep buying size 12s and everything but some of them are like tight as fuck and the rest of them just like fall off me and I'm like well where what am I like what size am I I just don't even know anymore (laughs) what am I (laughs) who am I anymore (laughs) oh so I'm gonna end it on the question but hopefully you know what's coming but what makes you Zoe not just a bikini girl oh oh what doesn't make me just a bikini girl I would say is that so Alongside being a bikini girl, I also have two degrees. I am a sports scientist and I'm also a paramedic. So yeah, a lot of people who have started following me on Instagram since I started bodybuilding will just see me as a bodybuilder, but I'm not. I'm also a girlfriend, a daughter, a sister. You know, I own a beautiful little beagle who is my absolute baby. And okay. um, so yeah, bodybuilding is not just, not just me, not just who I am. Yeah. I love that. I love that. So... Hopefully, Alicante is the best time. I'm sure it will be. But obviously, I'm going to be watch, trying to find that bloody live stream. Um, but yeah, I hope everyone listening to this has like found some good insights with this, whether it's in relation to lockdown vibes or starting into competing or post-show or anything like that. But I'm going to leave Zoe's details for you to connect with her and follow her because her dog is cute. I'm just going to say, like, she's got great competing stuff, but her dog is very cute and... <laughs> Just saying, it's a good thing. But thank you, Bates, for coming on. Is a podcast as scary as you think it is? I don't think podcasting is that scary. No, it's literally just like having a conversation. It's just having a conversation. Yeah, I probably it'll probably take me some balls to like listen to it. <laughs> but no, it's been good. Thank you so much for having me on, and thank you for asking. Like, it's it's been such a pleasure. Like, it's it's quite surreal that this is what I listened to when I very first started prepping, and now I'm on it. I love that. I still don't listen to myself either. I hate the sound of my own voice. Four years later. Oh, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I still remember like, <laughs> chatting at the first show with you and Josh in the marquee, or I don't know if I can, I can call it a marquee, yeah. whatever it was outside. And yeah, it was just good vibes from the start and you've not changed, mate. So no, it's pleasure to have you on. I uh, loved it. We knew we were going to be good mates as soon as we met. Exactly. But yes, well, we'll see you guys in the next episode.